0: okay But if you do that, then you don't have to worry about the person before if they did that properly. So just open it and close it and then hook this up and then you'll work fine. Here, what's he sound like? I can't hear you.
1: and showing mercy. Grant us the fullness of your grace that we may be called to repentance and made partakers of your heavenly treasures through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
2: To me, Son of Man, stand upon your feet, and I will speak to you. As he spoke, the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said, Son of Man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people to whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. This is the word of our Lord.
1: Thank you very much ladies for that very wonderful piece. We continue with the gradual. Oh the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. For from him and through him and to him are all things. At this time I'd like to invite all the young disciples who are here to come forward for the children's message. Given today by myself. Now is a good time to bring up your offering, your mighty mites as well.
3: Children's Sermon today is presented by Pastor Jacob.
1: You guys can turn around and face me, please. Oh, just go ahead. You can throw it in there? Awesome, good. Yeah, turn around and face me. Okay. I have a question to start off with you guys today. Do you guys know what it means to be to, to have pride in something? What does it mean to have pride in something? What do you think? Cordell? That you're proud of it? Okay, good. Okay. Keenan. Yeah. Okay. In it. Yeah. Good. Okay. It's kind of a hard word to define. Sort of to be to have pride in something means that you take delight in something, that you take joy in something. I know that uh, that your parents take a lot of pride and joy and delight in you. Okay. That your families do. That your teachers at your school they take a lot of pride and joy and delight in teaching you and doing the very best that they can uh, to make sure that that you are well-prepared for the future that is to come, okay? But sometimes pride can be a not-so-good thing. Sometimes pride can get in the way, right? I mean, it's certainly okay and fine to be joyful and to take delight in certain things, but sometimes we can take a little bit too much joy and delight in things, and it can begin to shadow and begin to uh, take away from the things that we should really be focusing on, okay? In the Bible reading for today, Jesus goes back to his hometown, where he grew up, and he goes back there as a teacher, going back there to teach his people, the folks that he grew up with, the same people that saw him from when he was really, really little, But what happens is when he gets there, he gets sort of a of a rude welcome. At first, they they're really excited and thrilled to see him there, and amazed at all of these things that he is doing. And then they begin asking each other, "Well, isn't this a carpenter? Just an ordinary guy? And don't we know his family?" And they just keep going on and on and. Before you know it, they begin saying, well, because he is a carpenter, because he's just an ordinary guy, and because we've seen him from when he was in diapers, okay, we're not going to really listen to him, because, well, what does he know? Well, this is what we're going to be talking about in the sermon today, is how their pride shielded them and cast a shadow on that for which they were really supposed to be Focusing on and upon that which they were supposed to be listening to, which was his word. Okay? All right, will you put your hands together and repeat after me? Dear Jesus, keep me from being too prideful so that I may see you and all that you have done for me. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising again for me. We love you, Lord. Amen. All right, you guys can go back and sit with your folks.
2: The epistle reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things, things that a man is not permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I say or do. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was... Then I am strong. This is the word of our Lord.
1: Please stand. Gospel according to St. Mark, the sixth chapter. Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him, that he even does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house is a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to him. He sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. These were his directions. Take nothing for for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals but not an extra tunic. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Before we begin, is my mic on? Is it working? Maybe? On. Anything? Okay. Well, I I tell you what, can you get the lectern mic working? I'll just go up there. The lectern? Okay. How about now? Maybe? Yeah, good? Okay. Here we go. All right. The text for this morning's meditation is taken from the gospel lesson that was just read from Mark chapter 6. This past week I came across a quote that I thought was really fitting for today's message. And the quote said that if you look at the stories of Jesus hanging out with sinners, and if you think that that because Jesus hung out with sinners, then that's what you are supposed to do too. Then you are confused as to who you are in the story. Meaning that we do not identify ourselves with Jesus, but instead we identify ourselves with those who are sinful. Which then made me think of one of my favorite stories in the Gospels where Jesus... is anointed by a sinful woman. Luke records this and he says that Jesus gets invited into the home of this Pharisee. And this Pharisee begins to talk with Jesus and things are going about about as you would normally think and then suddenly this woman comes in, haggard looking, looking pretty rough and this woman takes this jar of perfume, which is very, very expensive, and she opens it and she pours the perfume on Jesus. And then she begins to weep. And with her tears that are, that are falling from her eyes, she takes her hair and begins wiping Jesus' feet with her hair. And the tears. And the Pharisee that is the owner of this house that Jesus is in, he sort of whispers over to his other friends and goes, You know, if this guy really was who he says that he is, he would know who is touching him. That this that this woman is a sinner. And then Jesus begins by telling Simon, who is the Pharisee, this story. He says, Simon, I have have something to tell you. And he says, Two men owed money to a certain money lender. One of them had an enormous debt that he could never hope to possibly pay off. And the debt was canceled by the lender. The second man had another debt not nearly as large as the other man's debt and he had his debt canceled too. And then Jesus asked Simon this question. Which of the two men do you think loved the lender more? And Simon said, well, probably the one who had the bigger debt canceled. Then Jesus said, you have judged correctly. Take a look at this woman. I came into your house You gave me nothing to eat, nothing for which to clean my feet. And this woman who has absolutely nothing, except this perfume that she has poured on me, has wiped my feet with her tears. And then at the very end, Luke records Jesus as saying this, that he who has been forgiven much loves much. And he who has been forgiven little, loves little. The similarities between our three lectionary readings as we talked about in the study on Thursday night is man's pride. And how God, through his infinite wisdom and mercy, takes that pride, breaks it down, and shows us where our Attention really needs to be. If you look at the Ezekiel text very quickly. Verse 1, he said to me, son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. God is not messing around here. God commands Ezekiel to stand up. And I will speak to you. And now you are to go and speak to this rebellious nation. There is no room for Ezekiel's pride. Instead, Ezekiel, stand up and do what it is that I'm going to tell you to do. The next next text, the, uh, the epistle reading from 2 Corinthians, where Paul is said to have pleaded three times to the Lord to take whatever this thorn is that is in his side away from him. Because it is hindering him from doing God's work. And Jesus comes to Paul and simply replies, my grace is enough for you. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul, because my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul then says, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And then finally, we come to our gospel lesson for today, specifically the first six verses, where Jesus returns to his hometown. And it is significant that he comes with his disciples, because back then, if you were a rabbi, which is what Jesus was, then you would, whenever you would go somewhere, you would go with your disciples, with your followers, And so Jesus comes back to his hometown as a rabbi. He comes back to his hometown to the people who have seen him since diapers and known him since then to teach them. And if you look at the text, starting at verse 2, everything at the start is actually going pretty well. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed at what he was saying. Where did this man get these things? They ask. what's this wisdom that has been given him that he even does miracles? They are amazed at what he is teaching them. They have acknowledged that this guy is even doing miracles. And then, amazingly, Mark just sort of cuts it off. In the very next sentence. Where did the man get these things? Isn't this that he even does miracles. And then he says, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? It is significant that Mark records what they have said here. Specifically, isn't this the carpenter? Carpenters back then were known as very ordinary people. There wasn't anything really specifically worthwhile about them other than the fact that they were very handy and they could come and fix things and build things whatever it is that you needed carpenters were ordinary and then they go on to say well isn't this mary's son And the brother of James, Joseph, is just we know all of his family. We know all about this guy. And because of the fact that they think that he is ordinary, because of the fact that they know his family, Mark then records that they took offense at him. They were angry at him. Literally, how dare you come into our place and begin teaching us? We know who you are. You're just a little brat of a kid that we knew growing up. Not only, were you the, not only are you this little brat of a kid, but you're a carpenter. You're ordinary. You're a nobody. Jesus then goes on to say, Only in his hometown among his relatives in his own house is a prophet without honor. And he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Their pride got in the way But isn't it ironic that just as we recounted in the story in Luke about the sinful woman and a host of others that the gospel writers record isn't it ironic that though he was accused as being ordinary it is to the ordinary that he comes it is the ordinary that learn the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. It is the ordinary and the destitute that realize how much that they need a savior. It is the ordinary and the destitute, the down and out, the sinners that nobody wants anything to do with that he comes and he preaches to, and he heals, and he speaks the word of God to them. Going back to the first quote that we talked about, if you think that you identify yourself with Jesus as opposed to the sinners, then you've got the entire thing backwards. And how prideful that we ourselves can be. We know what God's word says. We know that his very first commandment is to keep him above everything else. You shall have no other gods before me. And yet, how often are our attention spans limited? How often are our attentions elsewhere? How often do we read the eighth commandment? You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Luther goes on to say, and defend him, speak well of him, and explain everything in the kindest way. And how often do we think to ourselves, you know what, I'm going to go tell so-and-so, my friend, about what so-and-so did to me. Why? Because it makes me feel better. Because I need somebody to complain to. That's not to say that you shouldn't have close friends. That's not to say that you shouldn't have people that you can vent to. But be careful that you don't break the eighth commandment when you do it. Because that's pride. Pride says, I don't need anything else. Pride says, I can do what I need to do in order to feel better. Pride says, I don't need God. How often do we find ourselves that this resentment that we hold towards someone else begins to get worse and worse and worse. And before we know it, we find ourselves hating them. God's law says thou shalt not kill. And no, you haven't ever killed somebody, taken somebody's life. But Jesus says it doesn't matter. If you hold resentment in your heart and hate in your heart, you have murdered them and killed them. Our pride gets in the way but this is what is making me feel better. Holding this grudge, Lord, is what is making me feel better. Holding this grudge is what is helping me to hang on. Our pride gets in the way. The answer to the question of why it is that that Jesus' own people, his hometown people, did not listen to him, the answer to that question is the key to this text. Their pride got in the way, and the reason why their pride got in the way is because they thought that he was ordinary, a no one, and they knew him from very, very little. But how's this for our pride. How is this for their pride? Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Paul says in Romans, all have sinned and fall, and have fallen short of the glory of God. Paul elsewhere says this. There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The name of Jesus. The name of the Messiah. There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Our pride gets in the way of aligning ourselves with the ordinary and the destitute and the down and out. But God's word says, align yourself with the destitute. Align yourself with the ordinary. Align yourself with the down and out. Align yourself with those who have nowhere else to go and nothing else. Because it is to the ordinary and to the destitute that he has spoken the words of the gospel. The words of the secrets of the of the kingdom of heaven. It was to the ordinary and to the destitute and even to all of those who did not realize that they were such, especially in Jesus' day, the Pharisees, that Jesus came and he was crucified. He was crucified for my pride. My pride that gets in the way of realizing that I am just as destitute as that woman was. Jesus was crucified for your pride that gets in the way of understanding and seeing that you are just as destitute in your sin as the woman was. And folks, that's exactly where he wants you to be. That is exactly where his words come to you that his gospel, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life, that it comes to you. We know that, that if you come to the Lord's table with this, with this assumption, that you deserve it, that you are coming for the wrong reasons. however, if you are coming to the Lord's table this morning and any Sunday that we offer it here and thinking, God, have mercy on me, a sinner, it is exactly those people that the Lord has come, that the Lord speaks to. That he has come and he has lived and he has died and risen again for us. And he has taken our pride and shattered it into a million pieces and instead replaced it with himself. With his very body and blood shed and sacrificed for the forgiveness of our sins. And so yes, our pride does get in the way. Yes, we sometimes fail to forget that we are in fact the sinners that Jesus is the one who has who is hanging out with. But that is exactly where he wants us to be. And through his grace and through his mercy, he will continue to seek after us. He will continue to come after us to bring us back to him, to bring us back to his word, to bring us back to his gospel. Because there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. There is no other name under heaven by which we are saved. The name Of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We continue by reciting together the words of our Christian faith using the Apostles' Creed as it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. And he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of life. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings. Now is a good time to fill out, whether you are a member or a guest, uh, to, to fill out the red signing book that is found in your pews uh, so that the elders can pick those up after the service today, uh, so that they can pick those up and drop those off. We go to the Lord with our tithes and offerings.
3: The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. Things happening this week, today, there's church council uh, at one thirty. Voters will be Sunday, July 29th, also at 1.30. Vacation Bible School is coming up July 15th through 19th. I'm oh, sorry, July 15th through 19th, 530 to 745, and they are going to be serving the meal. LYF Bible Study is every Sunday at 6 p.m. This is Lutheran Youth Fellowship. I uh, invite you to come. A men's Bible study meets at 7 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the chapel. Uh, on Tuesday night at 7 p.m., the ladies meet at Tony Overland's. For more information, call the church office at 235-7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness in the public marketplace. Today's message is sufficiency. Speaker Emeritus of the Lutheran Hour, the Reverend Dr. Ken Klaus, in a world of pain and violence, people ask, why doesn't God do something? Pastor Ken Klaus answers, he has. Birthdays that were celebrated include Eileen Spree, 82 years of life on July 12th. Anniversaries, Jerry and Gloria Kruger celebrate 44 years of marriage on July 12th. We now return you to our worship service.
1: Please stand. In our prayers this morning, we have a few people that we want to be sure to remember. First, for all those who are on our health list, for Melville McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Becky Morgan, Wayne Towers, Bob Dotson, Elda Nelson, Bob Yellenick, Mark Fellwalk, Lorne Cly Baker, Linda Wee, Gary Magruder, Bill, Billy Voskamp, Thelma Barnes, Doris Tilton, and Emma Conklin. Also for Eileen Spray, uh, who will celebrate 81 years of life on July the 12th. Also for Jerry and Gloria Kruger, who will celebrate 44 years of marriage on July the 12th as well. And for the family of Ella Cly Baker, who passed away on Thursday evening. We go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, we thank you that though we are prideful people, still you seek us, still you love us, still you call us home. Lord, we acknowledge to you that we are sick and we are in need of you as our doctor. And as such, you have healed us, and there is no other name under heaven by which we are saved. Lord, in your mercy, Heavenly Father, bless all public servants as they attempt to provide safety and firmness to our society. Give them courage to protect the free exercise of faith and to honor and protect every life from conception to death. Lord, in your mercy. Dear Jesus, your grace is sufficient for us and your power is made perfect in weakness. Into your loving hands we commend all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially those on our health list especially for Ella's family and for all of those, Lord, that we name before you in our hearts. Grant them patience in their afflictions and trust in your wisdom. Lord, in your mercy, Heavenly Father, we once again come before you and we pray for rain. And Lord, we ask that you would send this rain so that our harvest may be fruitful. Lord, so that those who rely on this and who rely on a bountiful harvest, that we might be blessed by you through it. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we especially give you thanks for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this week. Lord, we pray especially, Lord, uh, for Aline Spray, who will celebrate 81 years of life on July the 12th. And Lord, we thank you uh, for, the, for, the, for these years of life that you have given to her. And we pray that, uh, that you would shower her with peace and happiness on this special day. And may that divine peace and happiness follow her the rest of her life. Lord, we also pray especially for Gloria and for Jerry. and We ask that your love would increasingly shine in their lives together as they prepare to celebrate their wedding anniversary. In the days ahead, may they always grow in love with unity with one another. Lord, in your mercy. Only Holy One, your Son invites us to share together at this altar the priceless gift of his body and blood that won our forgiveness on Calvary's tree and promises, us a share of, uh, and promises us a share in his resurrection life. Cast away from us all unbelief and fill us with faith to welcome him and receive a share in the everlasting inheritance. Lord, in your mercy, these things and everything else you know that we need, grant to us, Father, for the sake of your only Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord, our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places. Give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God. For the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he has now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name evermore praising you and singing Holy holy Lord, Lord God of Sabbath. Hear us, Lord, as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father who art in heaven,
0: hallowed be thy name.
1: Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am saved. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
3: first hymn, the distribution hymn, is How Firm a Foundation, Hymn 728, Hymn 728. The second hymn will be Draw Near and Take the Body of the Lord. The second hymn is Draw Near and Take the Body of the Lord, Hymn 637, Hymn
0: 637.
1: please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith unto life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy and rest. Amen. us pray. We give thanks to Almighty God that you have refreshed us of this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen.
3: Our closing hymn is God Bless Our Native Lamb, 965. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Christat, Missouri. We pray that you've benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you're not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on Christatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Scott George.
1: Special word of welcome to all guests and visitors today. Thank you very much for joining us for worship today. We pray that your time here was a blessed one. Uh, just a reminder that those on the ministry council are meeting this afternoon in advance of the voters meeting at the end of this month. It's at 1.30 today over in the fellowship hall. And I pray that you all have a very blessed week. Also, don't forget about Thursday night Bible study here in the sanctuary from 7 to 8. If you are not able to make it, it is live streamed on the on the podcast, Uh I pray that you all have a very blessed week.